Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Networking and Marketing Made Simple. So excited for another amazing interview episode, this time with my buddy Josh Wilhelm. And the funny thing about Josh is he's typically doing the interviewing. He's not used to getting interviewed. So this is a very, very rare episode for Josh to do, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. But also, check the description of this episode. You will find a link to sign up for our free five-day simple content creation workshop, which is only about 10 days away. It's June 28th through July 2nd, and we'd love to see you there. So enjoy this incredible episode with my buddy, Josh Wilhelm. Networking and marketing made simple is for you, the business owner who has a product, a service, or a message that you believe in. My name is Scott Aaron, and each week we'll take a behind the scenes look into the real world marketing and networking tactics and strategies for getting what you have in front of you to a lot more people. Thanks for spending time with me. And now let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Networking and Marketing Made Simple. So excited for today's episode, and I know how much you all appreciate the interviews that I do and the guests that I bring on, and I'm really selective in making sure that the people that I bring on to this podcast, number one, fit within the scope of networking tactics and marketing tactics, but number two, making sure that they're down to earth, just like myself and and just like all of you, because when we start to put people that we follow on social media on pedestals, we start to disconnect from the reality of the situation, which is they're just like you and me. They have their ups, they have their downs, they have the things that work and they have the things that don't work. It's just, they may not be transparent enough. But as you guys know, over the last two years, I continue to bring you guests that are transparent, that share those ups, that share those downs and what they've been able to do to progress through life and business. So with that, Josh Wilhelm, welcome to today's episode. So grateful to have you here today. And for my audience that is not clear on on who you are, what you do, how you serve others, tell the audience a little bit about Josh, who he is, what he's doing now, but most importantly, this is what they love knowing. You've been in marketing for nearly three decades at this point, and a lot has changed, but what was that entrepreneurial spark that was lit for you in your journey that has continued having you on this path ever since? Well, thank you very much, Scott, for having me. I'm more than honored to have you or have me, (laughs) I'm getting tongue twisted here. I say I'm used to on the other side of this, but... Uh, not as the guest. So thank you for having me on the show. Uh, my background is, uh, as you said, but when you said it, the three decades, I, gosh, I feel old now, um, putting it that way. When I say 25 years, I, for whatever reason, to me, it doesn't sound as old, but three decades, uh, that just rings as, as oldness to me. But um, so I, I have a marketing web agency here in Southern California. I've been doing it, like I said, for the last 25 years, and um, we help 
with a host of different things for clients, but mainly with marketing and advertising, usually starts with the website and then the relationship and everything is birthed from that and continues on like a child developing. You're walking the client through each step of the way and coaching them as they go with the baby steps. But um, so yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Uh, we do everything from you know Yelp advertising. We work directly with Yelp. We also build websites is our kind of cornerstone, but host them and uh, all the other marketing services that go with it. Um, to answer your question on, on kind of that tail end of it is what birthed or what, what got me excited about entering into the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, I think for me, the biggest piece of that rolls back to my grandfather. Um, I practically grew up in his radiator shop in Costa Mesa, California. And, uh, you know, with uh, a single mom uh, raising me and then my grandparents being a very big impact on raising me as well. Uh, I literally remember vividly running around the radiator shop and uh, in the office, the back office, but also uh, right alongside the other guys that were tuning up and working on cars. And uh, my grandfather was one of those soft-spoken uh, but he, when he did speak and meant a lot. And so with that, uh, I think I just saw them over the years and watched very carefully as children do or sponges as kids, as we know with having our own kids, they pick up every little thing, even the things that you don't think or hope that they will pick up, they do. Um, and so in this case, it was good, positive things that I picked up from my grandfather and the work ethic. Um, knowing that I didn't have to just settle for working for someone else. I really saw that he led the charge. He was a leader, obviously, of his company, his family, his team. And so I really wanted that. I, I wanted to, at a young age, I, I knew that I wanted to pursue a path of design. So not in the radiator world or the car business, but uh, I wanted to chart my own path, but picked up what he did really well and wanted to continue that on. You know, sometimes it's the the external influences that kind of propel us forward. And I can relate to that. You know, my uh, I didn't grow up in, you know, watching my grandfather do his thing, um, but he's still with us. He just turned 93 mm. and he was a, a pharmacist for 65 years and owned his own pharmacy and uh, worked for other companies. And then my dad kind of followed suit. And, you know, he was an entrepreneur his entire life, uh, you know, owned multiple businesses. And I remember being at his businesses as a, a young, young kid. And, it, you know, when that DNA is and all of those things are implanted and, and everyone talks about this, you know, how did you learn to be an entrepreneur? You know, uh, what, what, did, what did it take to learn the skills to be successful in entrepreneurship? You know, the short answer is, it's hard to pinpoint. And the long answer is that when you're born into it, because there are, there are lineages of families that are just entrepreneurs and there's, there's lineage of families that are lawyers and sure. are, and are doctors and are real estate professionals. So I'm not saying that what you do for a profession is predetermined, but right. what I can say is that you're influenced by the direction that you may go down by things that you see your first mentors, which right. is your family, 
doing. And, and for me, you know, fitness and, and then I got into the online coaching world and obviously the rest they say is history. So entrepreneurship is learned and you, you could, you, you, it could, you could, uh, be taught certain things in entrepreneurship, but it's one of those things that you, you have to take those bumps and those bruises along the way. So like we are the same, you know, I'm, I'm in my 24th year uh, of entrepreneurship and, and I know that sounds like a long time for people, but I, I got, you know, you and I both probably got started when we were in our late teens, early twenties. Um, you know, I'm going to be 42 in April and, you know, when you learn at a very young age, and this is, I, I tell people all the time, I've been psychologically unemployable since day one. And, and it feels good to be, and, and anyone yeah. can do that at any given point. So here's my next question. There's been a lot of, of ups and downs in, in online marketing, in entrepreneurship for, for every single entrepreneur. And we're going di- di- to dive into that a little bit deeper in a little bit. But my first question is, what do you think was the biggest learning curve for you or the, the, the biggest struggle that you found that you were having when you first got started in entrepreneurship, you know, when you were, you know, 25 years younger uh, to where you are right now? What, what was that, that key thing that really you felt was holding you back or you struggled most with? Well, and one thing as you were talking about the whole thing about learning, and I, I want to answer that question, but I also want to go back. It, you kind of sparked something that was interesting that I, I hadn't thought about before was that even though, yes, it is taught, what's interesting about my particular story is that my own mother was actually an entrepreneur herself. And so she obviously, she was in the cake uh, baking and decorating business. But what's interesting is that all throughout the years, she so pushed me getting what she called the quote unquote real job, the nine to five, the dreaded nine to five. And it, it always struck me as I could, I haven't really had this conversation with her before, but I definitely need to have it now because it's, it's definitely brought this up. But, you know, she was seen firsthand, obviously from her father, which was my grandfather, the one in the radiator shop. Uh, she had, he had been an entrepreneur all his life. He came up from the great depression and made, you know, made something for himself, took his own destiny and wanted to do something that he had control over. So my mom experiencing that all through the years growing up and seeing her own father, maybe even struggling with it, you know, she, I think respected him to a certain level to that. She continued on with that entrepreneurial spirit and, drive but ultimately in the end she saw it as kind of a a bad thing or a negative to where we all want what's best for our kids um and so it was interesting to think about that as you were saying it to say wow you know for something that my mom saw that obviously we as kids don't see but something that she experienced said well i can do it as kind of a side hustle but i'm not going to pursue it as a full-time gig and i'm not going to you know, really encourage my own kids to pursue that as well. So it it just, I wanted to touch on that a little bit, but, um, you know, going back to your question about what was the kind of challenge or struggle that even maybe I didn't expect, I think really looking back on it, it's knowing as an entrepreneur, when, when it's time to hand the reins over to somebody else to help out, 
you know, and I'm, I'm sure with all the guests that you've had on, it's a pretty common uh, thing, but I've seen it time and time again, too, with our clients. And it's, I call it the white knuckle effect. You don't really know when to release your grip on everything that you do as entrepreneurs, especially when we're first starting off, we have to do everything. And I joke with people oftentimes is you even have to be the best janitor you can possibly be. You got to wear all these different hats as an entrepreneur and knowing when it's time, when it's appropriate to look at yourself and go, can I do this? Yes. Is it the best use of my time? No. Okay. Now is the time now. And, and, even that is not necessarily the definitive to say that's the time you pass the torch in that particular area because there's expenses that play into it. There's all other variables, but those are the two key factors that really I've learned to go, okay, can I do it? Yes. Is it the best use of my time? No. And should someone else be working on this? Absolutely. Because I am good at this other thing and I need to focus on that. You know, the one thing that entrepreneurs are, the worst at and struggle the most with is asking for help mm. because there there's this uh, badge of armor and badge of honor that they wear on their sleeve that say, you know what? I figured it out <laughs> all by myself. Even if it took me 17 extra years. Yep. And for me, you know, I was never afraid ever no matter what I was doing in business, whether it was running my health clubs, whether it was being a personal trainer, nutritionist, I never ever had an issue asking someone for help or asking for advice because if I thought I knew everything, I actually knew nothing. And that's, and that's what I learned is if something is not going right in your business, if you want to learn something new, yeah, you can Google it. You could go on YouTube and watch some free trainings. But what everyone has to remember, and this is tried and true, free only gets you so far. True. Why do you think when people want to become culinary chefs, they have to go to culinary school? It's not free. If it was yep. free, everybody would be going. So yep. there, there has to be skin in the game. So there are times not only do you have to ask for help, but to piggyback off of that, there's going to be times where you have to hire for help. And that could True. be uh, investing in an independent contractor or maybe your first employee or a part-time employee, hiring a coach, joining a mastermind. The best investment that any entrepreneur can make is the investment in themselves. That I, I've, I've, My wife and I continue to invest more and more every year. And coincidentally, guess what happens? Our business continues to increase every single year. Now, even during the increases of our business, to I would be lying to everyone if I said that there weren't challenges that that come with that territory. Because as you grow, as you expand, as things increase, so do the amount of things that require your attention. And again. It's just the growing pains of building any business. So, Josh, what do you think, not even so much in regards to entrepreneurship, because that's such a a wide statement. It's one of those buzzwords. In terms of marketing and online visibility in 2021, 
What would you say is the biggest misconception right now that people feel towards marketing and how to get themselves out there? That's a tough one because obviously there's so many niches of even the online marketing world, as we both know. I mean, you've got for you expert in LinkedIn marketing, that's just one niche. That's one sliver of a massive pie. And you've got so many different elements. Thing that kind of comes to my mind oftentimes is the maybe not the biggest, but in the arena that we deal with, oftentimes is Yelp. Uh, it's got a, it's the big hairy beast. A lot of businesses don't like it. I fully understand it. Uh, but there is a uncommon thought or, or rather common thought that Yelp is only for consumer-based businesses, the restaurants, the hair salons, that kind of stuff. And in reality, actually, Yelp is one of those untapped markets for the B2B world, the business to business. And a lot of businesses don't think of it that way. CPAs, uh, I mean, you name it for business services. Because here's what, and taking through the process in which we have studied and understood it to be. You've got a young generation that is often hired to be brought on as kind of the grunt work, if you will. Those that are the researchers, those that have to go out, find a service provider, vendor, whatever it is, by their boss or the owner of the business saying, Hey, I need someone that does this. I need you to go find me some names and bring it back to me, do a short list and have it to me by a certain amount of time. So what is that young individual that is very familiar with the internet, knows and eats it, breathes it, sleeps it. It's part of their DNA. What do they do? They go to Google, they search. And what pops up first or the top five usually organically is Yelp results. Well. Again, just because of their common usage of the Yelp tool and what they do on a regular basis, they gravitate towards Yelp. They trust it immediately because they know that uh, they themselves, when they're looking for a restaurant or a coffee shop or whatever it is for the weekend to go do something, where are they looking? They're looking at Yelp. So they do a lot of their searching and they do a lot of their trust factor. They pull off of the Yelp results. And so if you kind of think about it from that process in which they go about and who is that prime demographic for the B2B world that's searching out these service providers, you understand what tools that they're using and Yelp is one of those dominant ones. And it's one of the ones that gets overlooked so many times that so many B2B businesses just forget about or just completely dismiss because they are not a restaurant as they see it. I love how you said uh, untapped because that that's where we also have a lot of similarities because I was that person that saw LinkedIn mm -hmm. as an untapped resource, not just for B2B, but for B2C. Yep. Uh, I call it H to H human to human connection. You know, anyone that has a product, good or a service, just like you're seeing Yelp. And that's the thing you have to go to places that are untapped and right. and for those that are listening you know you've heard me over the last 2 years you know and more if you've been watching me through the last 8 years of my journey online i've been talking about linkedin since 2014 2015 and yet people still don't know what they're doing right when you enter into the arena of an untapped market 
it's not about competing with others, but it's about having an edge on others. Right. Yep. And it's it's not who gets to who first. It's who's going to use the right thing first. And you can you can continue to do what you're doing on Facebook, Instagram, Facebook ad, Instagram ads. That's completely fine. But you can't turn a blind eye to concepts or additional resources like Yelp, like LinkedIn, if you're going to want to learn how to market yourself. And at the end of the day, the end goal is to get more eyeballs on you and your business. That's it. We're Everything that marketing is about, and everyone thinks, oh, it's got to be the quality of my post and the content that I write. That What people are overlooking is the fact that the end goal, no matter what it is, because social media is rented land, you know, we don't own those platforms. Whatever we can do to get ourselves and our businesses in front of more people and get more visibility, it's going to lead to that trust. And I talk about this all the time. No one will ever hire or buy anything from someone they don't know, someone they don't like, and someone they don't trust. And whatever you can do to build that no like, and trust factor, it's going to be in your advantage. Now, again, staying with the whole theme of untapped, why do you feel outside of people thinking that, that Yelp, because there's a lot of B2B people that listen to this, this podcast outside of people on Yelp, just like this is so, so in alignment when people hear LinkedIn, what do they think? Recruiters, and finding a job, right? Yes, That's, exactly. When they think of Yelp, they think uh, Chinese restaurants, pizza shops, and whatever it is, so, yeah. mechanics, service-based yep. businesses. So why are people still, even though you know more than the people that think they know what it is, just like I know more than the people think they know about LinkedIn, why is there still resistance around leveraging a platform like Yelp to get more visibility for that B2B business? I think it comes down to kind of my one of my points before about the struggle of knowing when to release. It's equally on that side is you think you know your business better than anybody else. And so because you and arguably you do, uh, you know your business better than anybody else. But that's where the, the kind of white knuckling approach that they've got such a death grip on that they're not realizing like, okay, we see it all the time. And especially in the marketing world, and I'm sure you see this, is you have a client that comes to you and says, I want your help in doing what you do best, but I want you to do it with one hand tied behind your back, jumping on one foot and spinning around and don't fall over. So the clients have to realize that you don't go to, you know, let's use any other industry. You don't go to a mechanic and say, hey, my car is making a weird sound. I don't know why. You're the expert and I want you to fix it. But I only want you to fix it with a hammer because I think it needs to be fixed with a hammer. It's like anyone listening to this would say, well, of course you wouldn't do that. I mean, that's stupid. Well, Okay, now take that same concept and apply it to someone in the marketing world that knows what they're doing, has proof that they know what they're doing. You know, I, I oftentimes reference it when we're talking with clients is we always want to be seen as the trusted web mechanic. 
And the reason for that is because if you think about the mechanic and maybe you don't have one, but there's a lot of us that have found that mechanic that we would trust every single vehicle to. And then sometimes we would even question whether we would drive cross country to go back to that mechanic just because we trust them. And so that trust is a massive, important aspect of anything and any type of client or customer that you're dealing with. If the customer or client, whatever you coin phrase them, whatever you call them, they will not do business with you if they don't trust you. I mean, that, that's just kind of common sense. You look at all of the principles around Amazon products, you look at Yelp, all of these pieces have to do with trust. That's why people keep buying the same product that everyone else has bought because they see how many reviews. Well, I can't go wrong with that. That's got thousands of five-star reviews. I mean, that's instant trust that you've, you know, grabbed onto. Another point I wanted to mention to you was, and you hit a really good point about this is saying, look, it's, it's that saying, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make him drink, right? You know, thinking it kind of popped in my head as you were saying that uh, to talk about Colonel Sanders, I can put you in a kitchen with all 13 magical spices. I guarantee you, you're not going to be able to make KFC chicken with it. The reason for it is because you need to know the right combination, the right, you have the recipes to a certain degree, you know what ingredients go in, but you don't know what quantities, you don't know how to leverage the experience and expertise in order to get the end result being what you want. That's why you come to an expert that knows what they're doing. And again, it all revolves around that trust. But just because I say, hey, Yelp is the magic here. You, you guys are missing out. It's untapped market. They're going to go, oh, okay, well, I, I need to sign up for Yelp right now. Doesn't mean that you're going to be successful with it. And it also doesn't mean that just because you jumped in and it went wrong, that it was the wrong thing for you. You just didn't know how to apply that magical recipe. You know, credibility is everything in business right now. And, yep. and again, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, pay for, for likes and they, they pay for reviews. And so just to kind of, you know, tag on to the credibility aspect, because that's what people look for. And my wife and I always talk about this as having just a brick house of credibility where people can't even question if they know what you're doing, because your credibility speaks for itself. So just to kind of give you an example. So I, I've written four books, my, my second book, my second, third and fourth all hit bestseller on Amazon. My flagship book is my second book, the LinkedIn book for network marketing has 105 reviews. And that that was organic. That's people that are going on my podcast, uh, close to 70 reviews. On LinkedIn, I have 444 written recommendations. So when you when you look at all of the credibility, because I know what I'm doing and I can tell people up, down, left, right, you know, I'm an expert, I know what I'm doing. There that third party approval that people are looking for. Like I have people all the time say, Well, can can I talk to one of your clients? Sure. And my answer is no. And it's <laughs> And they say, well, why not? I said, well, I don't have my client sell for me. I said, if you want, look at my reviews on Amazon, read the reviews on my podcast, check out my 444 written recommendations on LinkedIn, and then you can get back to me. Yep. And it's also a confidence factor. 
I'm, yep. I, I am beyond confident in, in what I do mm-hmm. and how I help people. And people say, man, you're really confident. I said, well, why shouldn't I be? I know what I'm doing. And, and sometimes that confidence does build over time. But for anyone that's listening to this, your number one goal when you are marketing yourself is to build that credibility, get testimonials, you know, have, I, I have clients all the time texting me, you know, I'm getting this result. This just happened. I'll be, can you shoot a 30 second video? Send it to me. I would love right. your, your testimonial. Ask, of course, they're going to give it to you because you've helped them with their business. They're going to be like, yep. yeah, absolutely. I'll totally do that. So before we start to wind down, for that person that's listening to this, that their head might be spinning at this point because they just don't know where to start. Because again, there's Josh, you know, this, there's so much information out there. You can go down these scroll holes for days and, and lose a year of your life and, and never come back up for air because there's so much information. If someone was to say, Josh, where should I get started? You know, I'm not ready for a coach. I'm not ready for a mastermind, you know, and I really want to market myself the best way, whether they're B2B or B2C. What's the the number one best piece of advice you could give that person to get started today? Well, I'm not a, a advocate for following what everybody else does. Uh, to answer that question, though, it's a great starting point, especially, as you said, you can spend just an ungodly amount of, of time spent on the web and you will go down through through so many rabbit holes most of which are probably not accurate and or are the you know kind of typical infomercial like take this magic pill and you'll lose 50 pounds in two days you know it's like just these but people buy into them because they want the quick results they want the instant gratification right Our, our society has been with social media with the just ever accessible information, we've been groomed to be just that. We want instant gratification tomorrow. So with that said, I think it's a two-part piece. One is, especially for marketing and all of us that are experts and actually know what we're doing in marketing, will always raise our hand and say, if you're looking for instant results, there's the door. And I'm sure someone else down the road will sell you a bill of goods that you'll buy into and then you're probably going to end up coming back and going, you know what, you were right, I shouldn't have done that. So it's not an instant thing, you keep at it, keep at it. Marketing is about consistency and long game. It's not about short, instant gratification. Can you get lucky? Sure, absolutely. Everyone gets lucky. People win the lotto. That's a perfect example. People win the lotto all the time doesn't mean that everyone wins a lotto. So, you know, length of time is a big key of it, but look at what your competitors are doing. Some might go, well, if I'm doing what my competitors are doing, I'm, I'm behind the ball, I'm behind the curve. They've already got a jump start on me. Yeah, but they can't absorb all of the clients out there. So there's plenty of clients to go around. They're not going to just because they're doing one thing doesn't mean they've got the market on just advertising that way. And they have every single client that's associated that ever would be interested from that means of advertising and marketing. So follow, if you're just getting started, 
check out what your competitors are doing. I will add the asterisk to that though, is don't get caught up in what everyone else is doing and get yourself down. Like going, hey, I'm so absorbed with my competitors and they're doing this. Oh, they all of a sudden changed something. I got to change something. It's like, no, it gives you the point of direction to go in to start, but don't keep riding their coattails of, you know, don't do the Lance Armstrong where you're just riding their wind path and having them carry you through because you will always be behind them. So at some point, if you're going to want to win the race, you got to pop out from the side of them and pass them. So don't keep just following their current that they're pulling you along. It's the starting point. It's the marathon. The reason that works in the bicycling world, and by no means, if, if you ever see a picture of me, you know I'm not a cyclist. So let's just get that out there right now. I'm, I'm not speaking from experience. I'm speaking from what I've learned from other areas of the world and other areas of life that can be essentially commonalities that can pertain to other areas of business as well. Ride the wind as long as you can, but don't stay always behind because you will finish in second or last. You got to pop out at some point and you got to take the lead. So when is that going to be? That's only what you can tell for yourself and when you know that time is right, but it's, it's length of time. It's a, it's a marathon. You got to stick with it. Keep going. Don't give up. When you start seeing a blip on the radar of negative, don't give up. That's the time that you hunker down. You go, I'm going to stick through this. I'm not going to just knee jerk reaction, give up. So I think those two points are, are the biggest ones that I would recommend for anyone just starting off in the, I, I call it, you're an entrepreneur when you're dreaming, you're a business owner when you step over that threshold and actually take that first step. You know, there, there's an old saying, instead of being a spectator, get into the game, stop watching it go by. And, and yep. you're right, you can only drift behind someone so long. Before you know it, you're going to be crossing that finish line, still drifting behind them. And you can do that for as many races as you want. But if you really want to step up your game, you're going to have to take the risk. You're going to have to put your neck out there. You're going to have to take those bumps and bruises if you yep. want to get to where you want to be. Awesome advice. Yep. So, Josh, you're doing a lot of incredible things. You have an, a remarkable podcast. Tell the audience a little bit about how you're working with people today, but the resources that you have available online, website, podcast of where they can learn more about you and how you help people. Sure. Absolutely. I appreciate you asking that. So our, our main, what I call our day job is uh, the company is called Lighthouse Graphics. And uh, the web address is L is in Larry, H is in house, graphics with an S on the end.com. You can check out all of our work, our services. We keep it pretty low key. We're not one of those agencies that go, oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do this. We keep it simple because we're all about building the trust. As you mentioned, we build the trust first. And we know that you'll turn into one of our long-term clients that on average have been with us for over 10 years. So starts with that first step and we build that trust upon there. Uh, as you mentioned, the podcast that we recently started up last year, uh, our business, our main day job, as I called it with Lighthouse Graphics is always about and has been the model of giver's gain. We wanna be that trusted web mechanic. We wanna tell you when you don't need new tires, when you don't need new brakes, We'll let you know when you need it, but we're not going to just tell you to spend money just to spend money. 
So we wanted to carry that over into the podcast that we offered on a bigger scale, preacher from the rooftops and give sound advice, just like you do here, giving advice to business owners on multiple topics from operations to marketing to just how do you have that work-life balance as a parent, a business owner, a leader, all of those things, all those hats that you wear, how do you balance it all? So we wanted to get the word out to other business owners and really help them not only through our day, our day business, our main business, but we wanted to carry it through and say, even if you're not yet a business owner and you're just kind of, you're on the fence about it, you're, you're wondering if you should take that first step, like you mentioned, we're a resource for you. Just like you are, we're a resource for you. I might not be your cup of tea. My voice might annoy the hell out of you. But Scott's voice is a much more dramatic and kind of Barry White feel to it. So if that appeals to you, like I said before, there is enough business to go around. There is enough listeners. There is enough followers. There is plenty. We are a big world. And there's plenty of us out there. And you find your what you gravitate towards and grab on, hold on, and write it through. Love that. Uh, all the information on how to connect with Josh, uh, his podcast, his website will be in the uh, show notes and description of the episode. So definitely check him out. Josh, final question before we sign off today. What does success truly mean to you? Uh, you know, I've thought about this question many of times and I know and I appreciate you phrasing it exactly in that way is what does it mean to you? Not what does it mean to everybody, the masses, because everyone's answer is different. Uh, I think for mine is a bit different than the Elon Musk and the Steve Jobs out there. Well, yeah, is it tempting to want to rule the empire? You don't have to be out there in the limelight to rule the empire. You can be quietly behind the scenes and run even a bigger empire if you want to. Not just that, but my always what I'm focused on is having a work-life balance. I, I run three businesses and not even including the podcast. So four, technically, I still drop my boys off at school every single morning. And I still pick them up from school every single afternoon. I, I coach little league. I'm part of the cub scouts for them because what good is it to build all this worth to build the empire what, to pass it on to the kids that probably don't want it to begin with? Or is it to enjoy the time that you have? The freedoms that we as small business owners, one of the biggest things that all these influx of people working from home forget, the biggest benefit that you're not taking advantage of is being able to cut out and carve out specific time that you want intentionally to spend with your family. Your kids will hate you if you're the empire of the world, but we're not the parent that they were hoping for. So I, it's always my goal is to have that proper balance between can you rule the world and also have a work-life balance? Absolutely. And I can prove it. So that's, that's what I think ultimately success looks like for me is having those two well-rounded, not the scales tipped in any one direction, but a balance of those two. Yeah, we live to live and you don't want to have the concept of working just to live or living Correct. to work. It's it's living to live and and work fits in with that. And and honestly, like you, my wife and I, we have four or five businesses and and we find the balance in between everything. You know, um, I 
you know, we take my son to um, every basketball practice. We're at every soccer game. We're at the wrestling matches because we want to be. And it's, it's just a, it's a joy knowing as an entrepreneur that one of the things that, you know, yes, the money is good when you uh, build the impact around and you provide something that people need, but the flexibility you know, my wife took off this week. She goes, you know, I'm going to take a week vacation. I'm just going to kind of catch up on something. So I'm not doing any appointments this week. I'm like, you go girl, you do that. So <laughs> she's in her office catching up on things. And it's that kind of freedom. People don't understand. They, they always talk about, oh, I want time freedom. You could be experiencing time freedom right now. You're just not being present to it because you think this time freedom is doing nothing. But it's sometimes those small pockets of time that you get because of the freedom that you created with the job that you've now created for yourself. So, well, as humans too, we don't like regret. No human says, oh, I love regret. I, I just, I bathe in it. I love regret. None of us say that. We always say, oh, I wish I could have. You don't say I wish I could have because that it was like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't do that. It's you wish, you wish you could roll back time and do that. Have you ever, any biographies, have you ever heard of someone on their deathbed that says, you know what, I ruled the world, I conquered it all, but you know what, I'm okay. I didn't have a very good relationship with my family, my kids. It's okay because I did everything else. It's usually those people that are in that scenario that go, if I could do it all over again, I'd roll it all back, I would give it all away because what I realized that I was doing the wrong thing for the wrong reason. And ultimately it's to do it for my family. I want to spend time with my kids. I want to spend, not when I'm ready to retire and go, okay, guys, I'm ready for you now. I, I'm ready to spend, let's, let's relive those memories all over again. I don't want to miss any of those memories. I don't want to see them on video. I don't want to see pictures of them because then I'll just be reminded I wasn't there for that. I'd rather be the one on the other side of the camera, taking the pictures, taking the video, and enjoying that moment with them. Love that. Love that. Josh, so appreciate you coming on today. And I know the audience uh, is going to get so much value from this. So as always, everybody, go on to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening, leave your comments, your feedback, your biggest aha moments or takeaways from this episode. So Josh, thanks again for being here. Just truly grateful for you, you and the value that you brought today. I appreciate every minute of it. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. So everyone, please enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you next time. Bye everybody. Thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you are listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, Please leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you loved, what you would like to see improved, or ideas you have for future episodes. And if you are interested in taking your business to the next level, don't hesitate to go to my website, www.scotterron.net, where you can schedule a free discovery call with me, where I can learn more about you, your business, what you're struggling with, and how we can work together. And don't forget to check out my wife, Nancy, and mine, our free community on Facebook called LinkedIn Leads for Life. We would love to see you in there. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you, everyone, for your support. Grateful for each and every one of you.